yeah. That was me yelling at my girlfriend to close the door of the bathroom because we were packing up to move on to the second yeah. destination of the vacation. So this is going to be a yeah, short episode. Thanks to Jason, who completely forgot <laughs> about us having to do this and just went out for dinner. So Jason, you wore our yeah, dinner. It was, it was quite, it was, I, I do our dinner. I can, I can handle that next time we're together. Uh, yeah, I had a busy day of casting, uh, Rubet and then, um, a crying baby in the background, I think, during the last of course, said, going for the Frankie fun. playbook just... every time something goes wrong, just I have a baby. Can't really defeat that, can you? I'm looking over at Twitch chat, I'm like, man, people are gonna fucking love my casting. They're gonna say something nice. I'm like, who's got the screaming fucking <laughs> baby in the background? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, damn it. Uh. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, let's not let's not get too much into small talk. You're on vacation. You stayed over in Australia after the event, so you're chilling. You're having a good time. You're going to Bali uh, later today, so you've got more vacation. Um, but obviously, a lot of a lot of shit's gone down, Yanko. I guess I guess the first thing I want to ask you is uh, let's open up and just warm into it. What initial thoughts of CS2 at a tournament? I think it was fine. I think for me, like the MR12, sure, it's it's not the same, but I still feel like in all the games that happened where there were comebacks and and you know team coming back to win it or a team starts to come back and the other team closes it out there's still opportunities for both things to happen right there's the opportunities to steal the game away and there's opportunities yeah. to close the game out even if you make a mistake here and there obviously if you keep throwing rounds away like we saw complexity how many fucking rounds with advantage did they throw on that T side of ancient against phase right and even with all of that yeah they made it into OT, so that tells you there is opportunities there. It's just I think the the big thing for teams is going to be to understand, like to mentally. You've just been playing MR15 for so long, right? Yeah. And then you yeah, have I understand the timing of of how the half plays out. You're like you know? up eleven six, right? Let's say which is you know like one round away from 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 having at least overtime secured. But the reality is, if you lose like one gun round and one more all of a sudden you have no more money and they're just one gun round away from like tying it up right and you're on the back foot so i just think there's definitely going to be a period of time where players need to mentally make this adjustment and you know it feels like 11 6 let's say it doesn't feel like it's 14 10 it feels more like it's 13 yeah 8 13 7 right like it's it, you're not as far ahead as maybe you get the feel. I didn't. I didn't notice it so much watching Sydney, but I noticed today casting uh, this this online event um, that it comes quick and like it doesn't have that same feel to it. So I think it's yeah, not only players but even viewers and even even to a certain degree. I mean, the, the commentators getting used to like when you shift into like a different mode of of what kind of emotion you're trying to hit, right? Because it it comes faster. Uh, for sure, I've I've enjoyed MR12 though. I thought it was I thought it was good. The games didn't seem like too short, you know. It wasn't like an abrupt ending. It felt well, like the game had like enough time to like build into it and kind of you know play out a story, uh, and and deliver you know cool moments as well. Yeah, I mean the 13-0 was done in like what 22 minutes. <laughs> that was I know. That, that's that's a nice that day in the brutal, office but, for us. But a couple of ones that are like with overtime were 
you know like 40 minutes 40 something minutes which is more like that is that does end up you know a 16 13 overtime game i mean that's time or 15 game so i think it was all right there were a couple of games where it was you know brutal for the team that kept getting reset and, and couldn't really get their economy going but that was for example the I think it was the Monty complexity game in the groups where it was overpass and it's like well you know Monty wins the the round with pistols on CT and now they have M4s and everything and complexity is on 1400 with just pistols and then Monty just kind of fucks the round up you know as the plays too aggressive on mid and gets caught by the pistols and they lose the gun and lose well you can't really blame MR12 on that when you just misplayed the round like that was your opportunity to take control of the half and you just fucked it up multiple times so I think it's just players have to realize how much more punishing it is to lose some of these rounds and how much more disciplined you have to be how much every sort of gun matters in those scenarios yeah i i know like i think the real pain comes in when i'm watching or casting was like the 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 ct sides that you know maybe you don't even like make a mistake and misplay it you just get outplayed or someone hits a nice deagle shot like winning the pistol and losing round two like the economy on the ct side and mr12 is it is more punishing um which we've kind of all i think a lot of people have been saying from the get-go is that like there's got to be some kind of economic buff for like ct side economy in this mr12 because it's just it can just be so brutal before it, you get like sometimes it took like five rounds before you got guns out like a full solid buy on the ct side in mr15 and that's you know half the half essentially yeah i think it is fucked i think it should be probably 1900 across the board the first loss bonus and then even you could contemplate giving the cts like 2400 after losing pistol right because that way you can force and actually have like even an m4 dropped and and or have like all the utility with some pistols and armor or if you do just one eco you can have an op on two zero and have m4s with full utility right and i think also i mean people have been talking about the t-side economy even if you sort of lose pistol without a plant then you're really fucked um if, if if you try to force buy, it's not going to be great. And then even if you eco one, I mean, you still don't have an op and you have that 4,400 buy, which is, again, not really ideal, but that's why the T's have the opportunity to plant the bomb, which would change everything. And then, you know, if they do plant and lose the round, well, now you have them all with Galils and armor, which is also sort of pretty strong right now. So yeah, I think we need at least a couple more tournaments to really see how it's going to play out because you know you had in sydney a lot of teams sort of playing csgo in cs2 right which yeah obviously is not going to be ideal one of the few teams that was actually playing cs2 the whole time was bad boom and that's why they made the playoffs right they were grouping more and just rushing and playing fast and that was for me like for a team like that that's going to elevate their performance right because it's hard to get multi kills a CT. The 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 spraying with the M4 doesn't feel as great. That that's why we saw a rise in the AUG. I'm gonna say like I think people should start picking up more when they have the money. Like the the auto sniper, I think that could be a solution sure. for for some areas. Like I think that's also pretty strong in this game. Auto shotgun, of course, for close range. Did you get the sense when you were watching Sydney? I got it today when I was casting VP that teams and players were just kind of like i, I mean and, and, you know fair play there there hasn't been a whole lot of time between you know the switch from csgo to cs2 for some of the top squads 
So maybe it makes sense. But did you get the sense that teams were just kind of, you know, cycling through the old like CSGO way of playing in, in the new game? And it was just kind of like you could see where the deficiencies were with how CS2 actually plays? Yeah, some of them definitely. I think G2 and Ants are the two big names that sort of did that. I didn't really catch Vitality because I arrived on day two and they were out on day one. So I don't really know <laughs> how they play, but I imagine Good it might have been something similar with all the... Right. things they have going on um and i think also it's fine for those people i can't really blame like g2 and ends they had to play the showdown so their thought process was listen let's just grind the game individually so we can at least you know try to do things that way and make sure we're not just getting outgunned in in games but you'll have to wait for like the next time you see them to to see are they and how they're able to adapt I feel like I noticed it more on an individual level of like watching how players like took certain angles or played certain situations where I was like, you're playing like it's CSGO still like you're, you're, you're playing like, you know, like you don't have like the huge peakers advantage right now where you're playing to like spray down a couple where that's a little bit more difficult to do on like an individual level. When I watched VP today, I was like, you guys are all like in CSGO mindset. Yeah. That's it's just, just hard. It, it, I understand why they do it yeah. though it's like hard you've just been you know fundamentally that's like a sound thing you're trying to do but yeah. in the the way the game plays out right now you're at a disadvantage and even even jl was um talking to us on the desk and saying you know i find myself like holding for two seconds and i'm like oh i have to move right. like right you know i have to i have to be the one peaking otherwise you know i'm gonna get wrecked which sucks that it is that way right now hopefully it gets fixed because you know even the ops are getting wrecked it just feels the velocity on the peak is a bit too high um so it's hard for the oppers to to react and sure we can talk about adjusting it and being more mobile with the op and like going for that combat opening style but you know that's you just trying to make the best out of a shit situation in reality the op is meant to be for holding long range angles right and punishing people who are just wide peeking you with no utility yeah, yeah that that's the, the point of the gun and you, you need to find a way in which it is viable and is able to effectiveness in that situation. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. By too much. So I think even complexity, they didn't, they had a, a little bit of things here and there. And that was mostly as tournament progressed, which were CS2 related, but they were just playing super like sound Team Counter-Strike, you know, their macro de decisions were really good. CT sides were really strong because they always kind of did something at the start of the round, like went for something. And then if it doesn't really pan out the way they thought it did, they would still be proactive in the mid round and try to regain space somewhere else. And they were really disruptive and in their opponent's faces, you know, that's like G2 did play like shit, yeah. but it was also complexity sort of just capitalizing on that, right? What did you what did you think? Because like one thing that I really enjoyed watching it, and, I, and I, maybe it's I'm enjoying watching it just because of the novelty of it. And and when other teams haven't adopted and acclimated it like completely into their into their style of play and their decision making. Um, but the the nades blowing open smoke mechanic, I think, is really cool. Actually, I think it's it's been like I, I had a lot of fun watching it at at um, at Sydney. Like watching teams, like I noticed, I think like one of the ones that sticks out in my head is like it was complexity playing on the CT side of Anubis, and the team was executing on A. But like they dropped like a lurk smoke to cross over towards like the waterfall and the pillar, and complexity just like blew it open and saw like you know killed two players that were just trying to slowly quietly creep to it. Like that was a cool mechanic. Like today I saw the Mirage execute with the standard walls on stairs, 
and for jungle and for Khan and, you know, nades blowing it open. So you're kind of finding a pocket where you can try and catch them crossing to the site. So those walls aren't, aren't just like, you know, it's not just pure retake. Yeah, I, I think, think it was it's, a cool mechanic to watch and in play. I think it's fun. It's another addition to the to the game, and you know, people are gonna start figuring out how to combo it. Complexity had a nice one on Anubis when they were T side, and they blew up the mid smoke with a flash, and then they kept pushing, and there was another flash, and you know, they managed to catch Nico, for example, in in one round. We we broke it down, and it's going to come down to like sort of having a setup in case people just come, and then also in case they do smokes. Okay, one of the guys is going to pull out an aid, and you know the other is going to be holding or anti-flash, and then they're going to time it. Um, I think you know it's still way too early for us to see the elaborate combinations right now. It's just right. stuff on the fly, yeah. but I think it will get more intricate as time goes on. Um, we saw even phase, for example, on nuke. People are now using the two smoke smoke wall between garage and main, right? So. What yeah. what phase does did in ants in like I think even the first gun round was they threw him and then ants spent two HEs sort of to get info and see if anyone's crossing and a molly and then phase just sort of re-smoke that after and then were able to they went for an A split. But you know, at that point and yeah, didn't yeah. have any more nades to to gather information and let's say probably you know, next time Ant is gonna say, Okay, if someone does that against us, we're gonna do a flash play on the second wave, right? Like to, to guarantee that they can't just that, that we get some information but that was already one of the little plays that we saw happen or the one where twists blew up the smoke but was running bathroom so, so yeah juked it yeah, yeah. And, and then just use that as bait for the player to hold the smoke while he was flanking him so even in the early days we saw a couple of small plays like that but definitely it's it's pretty cool and i think people will see they need to figure out how to balance it because you know you have guys like Assad saying it's a complete waste of money and potential like damage that you could do with the nade to just keep blowing it up for smokes. And I'm sure that players have been overdoing it to some extent um, in Sydney, but that's to be expected, right? It's this new thing, yeah. this new mechanic Everyone's that you have, and you're testing it. Yeah. You're trying to figure out, right? And then you'll probably say after you finish the tournament, watch the games. Yeah, I mean we wasted a lot of HEs. Right, because also if you carry the HE, that means you can't carry an extra flash, and would that have helped you more in some late round situation than the smoke? I think something that's going to be a little bit overblown is the use of the HE to to negate like a smoke diffuse, because yeah, like that happened to Hooksy in some of the one v ones, although he kind of played like shit, but that doesn't even matter because. If you think about it, like a guy taps it, right? He throws a smoke and taps it, so you need to pull out the HE be in some sort of a position where that's gonna come and pop the smoke and then you have to peek to kill the guy but he might not be diffusing at all so if you just do all of that he tapped it you're, you're spending this time to to do that it's and then he's just and then well. he's just holding you and then he kills you and then he diffuses like, I, I think it's going to be super super situational when like you know there's not enough time for him to tap it and then you can guarantee that you'll see him with the HE right like, yeah or 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 blowing it open like right when the smoke goes down on the bomb so he can't just like rush to it out of the gate like you might be able to catch someone like looking for the bomb when the smoke goes open like immediately but if there's a lot of time on the bomb i don't think it's going to yeah. help you all too much i think you'll just have to play it normally where you sort of, sort of see he's hiding behind the smoke and then if he's not you just have to spam it because but if you want to pull out the nade and it comes back he's already defused the bomb 
All right, let's uh, let's let's tackle this a little bit because we have a, a lot of news and obviously not a lot of time. Um, I guess let's start with the let's start with the liquid one. We'll leave like the juicy heroic stuff for, for the end. Uh, this new rumored liquid lineup, um, pretty crazy. I like it a lot. Set to bring Zeus back as coach, Twist back as a player, keeping Naf, keeping Yakinder, and then Kadian reported to be coming in as the in-game leader. And then on top of all of that, bringing in Skulls from Pain with a little bit of a buyout. So Yakinder, Kadian, Skulls, Naf, and Twist is uh, reported to be the next Team Liquid lineup. Yeah, it's just wild, isn't it? Like, I mean, especially for Twist, he even tweeted out like life is confusing at some point, like after the Sydney win. So is he like right now contemplating about should I even leave this team? Like, that's what I tweeted out. It's like, maybe he's having second thoughts. And then if the the other players didn't know, I would suspect Carrigan knew and that like Twist, Carrigan, Twist talked to Carrigan about it since he's like, you know, sort of leader, captain, GM of that team, really all in one. Yeah. But it might have caught some of the other players off guard. It seemed like it from social media, Twist, especially Rops, for example. Or, But at that point, do you even like let him come back if he was like, about to leave and then you won and now he doesn't want to leave i mean how do you sort of repair that relationship on a personal level i know they've been together for a long time but could you even do that do you want to do that if you're you know the the rest of the face team so that's one thing but let's just say that you know twist is leaving and is, is going to back and let's talk about this rumored liquid lineup i think it's obviously on paper it looks really sick because you have a strong combination of players you wonder maybe skulls and his english is it good enough i would imagine that it's fine enough for them to be able yeah, to it's, it's good i've i've spoken to him at the at the rmr he did an interview on the desk so it's it's good enough to have a desk conversation but in terms of micro communications in milliseconds i'm not sure um but that'll just be a learning curve so for me it's like a couple of things it's first you know can Yakindar allow himself to just be a fucking player, like shut his mouth and shoot people in the head, right? Because I think he has a bit maybe too high of an opinion of himself and is putting too much on his plate and that hasn't really worked out. They haven't like played amazingly well or was he like he fell off individually too. So I think if he just focuses on playing and can be that can opener and that point man that we saw, especially in this meta where so far peaking is really really strong then that can be really good for them because you have naf who's a super chill like great guy to have on the lurk and close out rounds and then you have twists and skulls too who are really good mechanically and we know we all know how good kadian is as a leader but here's the thing as well right at least until recently he had the complete trust of his teammates right like he was the heart right. and soul of, of that team and he was like pushing everyone forward and, and he was the, the leading guy emotionally as well. So, and everyone bought into that. But now you're, you would come into a team that does have some strong minded individuals like Yekinder, like I guess Twist to some extent, also proven winners like Naf and Twist who won the Grand Slam. Uh, Twist's also winning the major, you know, so it's a different breed of players. So, can you get them to buy into your philosophy? Um, in the same way, I think, 
I think you can. Well, because I'll and, I'll and I'll tell you why, just from personality wise, like Twist is someone I think who kind of wants to be, he wants to have a leader. He wants to be led. He wants to have that authority figure. He, he very much is like understanding of like, kind of like the significance of that role. Um, and I think he's, he's more than willing to, to be under the leadership and kind of the, I guess, tutorage to a certain degree of, of someone else. And, and, and Katie and taking those reins, he'd be fine with it. Naf as well as someone who's always gone with the flow, probably to his detriment at various points in, in his career, um, where he has been the quiet guy who's willing to to adapt and take whatever's left, whatever roles, whatever spots are left that nobody wants to play. Um, he's just an easygoing guy, as we all know. And then, you know, Skulls, I don't think would make any waves. I, the, the one thing would be Yakinder. I imagine Yakinder and Kadian would, would kind of butt heads a little bit here and there. Um, but that is something that would get kind of ironed out over time. And that's where you have, you know, the, the leadership and the experience of someone like Zeus in the coach role to kind of help facilitate that. So I, I think I like this lineup a lot. I mean, I there's there's cer certainly some pitfalls, but I think it makes sense when you look at it role wise and personal. Let's just put something out there. It's way fucking better than what they just had. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and, and we yeah. did say at the time, like, you know, we're giving Daps the benefit of the doubt with Rain Waker that, you know, maybe they find, found a diamond in the rough. They just found a piece of coal, really, from a mine in Bulgaria. Yeah, and, and then also, I don't know what the thing, deal is with Patsy. I guess he probably couldn't get adjusted to maybe the English communication and the different culture and whatnot. I mean, felt like he was a, a good player but maybe just can't make it work in in this sort of a in this sort of a lineup I imagine well i mean there's there's also the other thing that this allows to happen right which is the return to the north american qualifier for the major or not north american the america's qualifier yeah. for the major um and if you keep patsy um then you have to make a decision and, and if you keep patsy you're probably sticking to to the eu side of things i think i guess like look we're talking about this from the counter-strike angle and i think both of us are, are probably a little bit more interested in this lineup than the previous one um for for obvious reasons but from an organizational perspective like i think this is actually a huge home run I would question as someone who is, you know, cautiously optimistic about their swap into the last lineup where it's like, was that really necessary? You know, if you're going back to this principle of wanting to be in the America's RMR and you're kind of picking up players for with that in mind, why was that not a priority a year ago? You know, six months ago, whenever that, whenever those pickups happened, I guess you know what I mean. Like, it, it feels like we kind of have just gone through this this past whatever period it's been since that roster change happened, and and we're kind of like that that seemingly wasn't a necessary change to have happened. You know, I guess maybe more the the opportunities are here now that weren't available back right. then. You know, getting Kadian as an in-game leader, the opportunity to get twists, yep. and sort of just being willing to pay the buyout for skulls. I also wonder... Um, well, ironically, that actually, this might not even be possible if they didn't go that route six to eight months ago, whatever it was. When you when you think that, you know, Elise was going to have one of the higher salaries on that team, Nitro probably had a relatively hefty salary, probably more than what he was worth in terms of coming, you know, he probably had a big contract when he left Liquid and went to Valorant and then probably still had a big contract in Valorant and probably came back and and got something similar to it. So you, you actually probably unloaded a lot of numbers off the books that allow you to make this change now, allow you to go for the Skulls by 
buyout, allow you to pay Katie in a little bit more money to, to make sure he comes, you know, whatever it might be to us is, you know, you have all these opportunities now because of the money you've offloaded from, from some of the previous stars and legacy players and franchise players of the, of the team, you know, just to, just a little bit of a while away. And also just feel bad for OC in some way. I feel like he can be a good player. And he can yeah. he can deliver, um, but just in this sort of a scenario, he gets the short end of the stick. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure where he could land. I don't, I don't really think complexity was like things. He would complexity be a massive blower. upgrade over Halzer. Like I don't think they they would change that necessarily. Uh, he could do something like I mean, there's there's a couple, there's a few NA teams now that you could you could think he could go. I mean, well, like EG might be an opportunity. Would they really want to drop Junior for another offer? Uh, Forsaken's a team out there making waves. That new NA squad. Yeah, nouns like there, there are. Yeah, or M80, can, yeah. I mean, the nice, the nice thing for OC, you know, is you're going to have to drop down to a different level of play, obviously, and different opportunities and different tournaments. But any team you join you are ostensibly going to improve. You are going to be sought after by pretty much any team that is not liquid, that is not complexity. Yeah. In uh, theory. And um, where does that lead us? Yeah, and I also think, I mean, this is just... One second, I accidentally turned this up. Let me lower myself down a little bit. Um, also, it's not, I mean, confirmed that KDN is going to liquid, right? We also heard... None of this is official. Yeah, yeah. We also right? heard rumors that, you know, NIP, he was close to signing for NIP. NIP just batched Hampus and said that they're looking for an in-game leader. They brought Astag back, which is like a surprise that he was like on the bench for so long. It felt like he could have been a piece in some team at some time. Um, potentially. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what... If that's really what happens because the NIP squad, I guess... If Kadian were to join them, would be yeah. What do you do like with Hedrick then? It's like Aztec Ball and Conflict Hedrick Rez. It's like Brolan or Rez are out at that point. Then you I have a, then you have three Danes. <laughs> I can't imagine a world where Kadian would go to NIP over Team Liquid, like for for a variety of reasons. Yeah, that's true. But like I think I think if he makes that decision to go to Nip over Liquid, I think that is that is a bad career move. Like I just straight up, like we saw with with anyone who went to NIP, just in general, yeah. seems like a bad career move at the time. Threat is back there as GM for like the seventh time in two yeah. years, so. And yeah, that team's never been able to get it going. I think the the caliber of this roster that Liquid is trying to put together is is way higher. Um, and just from even the organizational perspective, you know, all this shit that NIPs had to deal with versus Liquid that I think, you know, players will, anyone who's played under the Liquid banner and or multiple banners, including Liquid will tell you Liquid's probably one of the top orgs you can play for. One of the best organizations you can play for in the entire ecosystem. Just like for a variety of reasons, like Liquid is the better option. Um, and I, and I imagine Liquid's going to flex that a little bit. I would. If I was if I was GM, if I was if I was part yeah, of for the, sure. the liquid or I would I'd be flexing that all day long. Um so so yeah, all this is reported, but obviously uh really cool potential there. Um all right, let's uh let's chat a little bit about about the heroic stuff. Uh because this was wild. When let's do this, because I I saw this tweet and got this news literally 20 minutes before we went live with Rubet Games today. Um and I saw and it right as I, I was went, about to go to bed. 
That's what I was going to ask you is when did, when did you see this? And you probably like, that probably woke you right up. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had it, you know, and I think right before that, I took a couple of sleeping pills to make sure I sleep through the night or maybe <laughs> right after it. But I was in it long enough to read Heroic's uh, statement and, and put a couple of tweets out. So let me just find it so I don't have to. All right, Heroic is sad to announce this. Ton and Yabi are temporarily removed from the starting lineup, blah, blah, blah. After Pro League, Stone and Yabi initiated a push to replace Kadian, which came unexpectedly to both Kadian and Heroic's management team. Mediation efforts were attempted, but the situation was brought to an ultimatum where Heroic had to choose between the Kadian, between the Kadian, between Kadian and the rest of the team. Stone and Yabi agreed that if Heroic let Kadian go, they would extend their contracts. With clear intentions from Stone and Yabi to extend, Heroic amicably allowed Kadian to pursue a new path. The same day Stone and Yabi were presented with their new contracts, they communicated having made future plans with Astralis. Their heroic contracts had almost 10 months until expiration. While handling the short-term uncertainty and planning for a long-term solution, Heroic's ambition is to bring Stone and Yabi back. Our performance staff have made a plan to support their potential return to the starting lineup. We are open to discussing transfers to organizations with a professional approach and an understanding of our players' market value. We aim to find a good path forward with a positive solution for everyone involved. Now, first things yeah, let's, first. Yeah, let's get a couple things out of the I way. I fucking really. love that Heroic made this statement because some of the some, some guy, you know, in, in lightheartedly told me, oh, they threw their players like under the bus. How could they do that? It's like, no. This is exactly what you need to do when this happens because you owe it to the fans. Like all of a sudden you had this team that was like top two or top three, you know, always in the playoffs. Now it's like Kadian is like, going to leave and I was torn and yeah be like you know the team is falling apart so the fans sort of deserve an explanation what the hell is going on with our team right and even more so where now this is all allegedly in a sense of this is heroics statement in their POV we saw Stone put out something vague like ah what do they say as always truth will prevail sure. but he did nothing to dispute the claims he didn't say oh they're lying oh this is not true right or whatever so in light of this, it would seem that, whatever, after Pro League, the team was disillusioned with Kadian's leadership, and they didn't want to play with him anymore, which came as a surprise to both Kadian and um, Heroic. And then when, you and know... The, it, and the entire world, I think, yeah. to be honest with and you. And then when it was between, Hero between Kadian and everyone else, Heroic decided to go with everyone else, which, to be honest, I think we even said at the time on the podcast, I would stick with Kadian over those four guys but you know even just logistically that might have been impossible so they're like okay if you really can't play you won't play for the guy anymore we will let him pursue other options you guys sign your extensions and let's figure out what's going to happen and then what i believe happened was as you know kayin was allowed to explore his other options they couldn't like figure out who to get and how to set up the team because you lost your primary opper and in-game leader so you need to find either just an opper and someone else to in-game lead or you need to find just an in-game leader and someone else needs to pick up the op which was rumored might be stone doing one or the other or even both and it felt like in that whole scenario they just couldn't really find a good solution and that's where good old astralis taking advantage of the situation as they do which is to be honest that's like 
fair play to them, just sort of seeing potentially like, hey, maybe we can like upgrade our roster now. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how and what the rules are necessarily. Like, when can you approach? You you were you're not I supposed mean, to pro- approach players directly as an org. Like you need to if you talk to them and they show interest, you have to go to the org immediately and say, "Hey, we'd like to have a conversation about these two guys." You know, if we can. You know, and there's there's a lot of uh, Twitter lawyers debating that point, and I'm what's the you, consensus? I don't really know. I don't really. I don't know. There's a whole debate about nice. six months left in the contract, eight months left in the contract, ten months left. But I mean, look. Let, let's be real. There's no body in Counter Strike or in esports that is really governing that. That you know that that that's not there. So the correct answer, in my mind, at the moment, without without any legal knowledge, is it's all fair game. It might be scummy. But like it's all fair game, and maybe there's like some unspoken gentleman rules between GMs or something that I don't know about. But it's all fair game, and I think if if you're Astralis and you have that opportunity, like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna dip your toes in the water. I think really the kind of burden of responsibility falls on the players to conduct their business in the way that they can you know live with and and go to sleep at night. And if they feel this is so, I mean, look, I want to say this. We've already gone a little deep, but I just want to say this as well. I think it's easy to see the press release from Heroic. uh, And when that is the first piece of information you have on this situation, you're going to look at the situation through the lens that Heroic has provided. So I think it's very easy to vilify players. From my experience, nothing is really... Players don't conduct themselves in like a nefarious like evil intentioned manner to screw the team or screw the org. They're kind of just kind of rolling through their life, really making these decisions as best for them. And everything else is kind of second. But I'll tell you what it, what it most likely is. I've the way this, I, I just, I just want to avoid a world where like these guys become like just like social pariahs, you know, like, I think, bro. I don't give a fuck the if they become is- social pariahs or not. <laughs> Especially, you know, you remember that I am Rio documentary and Stone and Cadian and all that bullshit. They're like, yeah, that they're one, like that brothers so much more and all of that. You know, so I think I think it's just about taking responsibility for your actions. I I really believe it's like okay, they didn't want right. to play with Cadian, yep. but then let's say maybe they had a few options for players they wanted to get. Let's say they want to get blame. Okay, that sounds really stupid because he just resigned, but. I don't know. And then Heroic was like, well, we can't get these two names that you guys have given us. Imagine like they said, like, oh, we want either Blame or Device. And if you get me Device, Stone is going to in-game lead. If you get me Blame, Stone is going to op, right? Or, or, or something like that that's unreasonable, to be honest. And then after they couldn't get some of the players and Heroic came back with other names or other suggestions that they probably didn't you know they felt like it would be a major downgrade they were like ah fuck this let's just you know see if we can then go somewhere else uh that makes more sense for us and that is that is a bitch ass move like that is you just sort of not just leaving your org and your other two teammates hanging out to dry yeah, I, if the if, if the heroic side of things is the way it it actually played out, that is a really really scummy play on the part of the players. Whether they whether they whether it was their intention or not, that's a really rat move 
to, to just be like, we need to kick this guy or else we're not playing. We don't want to be under his leadership. And, oh, you've kicked him? That's great. Also, By the way, we're gone as well. This is where you you need to be transparent as well. If you're mostly stone, Yabi doesn't really you know matter as much, I feel like, in this whole situation. Because, bro, where were you in all these big games that you guys have lost? Yeah. Right? With your 0.9 rating or whatever it was, you know? So... If you feel, because that's like one of the main criticisms. So maybe if he feels like, well, it was because of how we played and how KDN didn't want to adjust or whatever, um, that I couldn't play better, couldn't deliver the numbers, go out and say it now. You know, take responsibility yeah. and say, why Why was it that you felt like, why didn't you want to play with KDN? Tell us, let us know what, what, you know, and sort of make it a way where your actions make sense. Because what, what it looks like now yeah. is first you, I don't want to say backstep Kadian if you just went to his face and told him, hey, we don't want to play with you. But, you know, you got rid of him in that way. Then you fucked your org and your remaining teammates as well by leaving them out to dry after you initiated uh, the removal of Kadian. That just makes you a fucking asshole. And yeah, it's hurting and, your and reputation. Also, so the only way to, to repair that is to say your side of the story. You can't just yeah, be silent I mean, about this. No, but like I can also understand not not saying something in the moment today when when like sure. no matter what they said, people were going to be against them. But you know, it better come out. Like if they really want to clear the name and, and, and fast. not have this follow them, <laughs> yeah, they they need they need to come out with like their side of of what happened. Um, yeah, it's it's turned into a, a wild wild situation. We also, I, mean, I I even tweeted that last last <laughs> last night. Imagine like Bore open stare, <laughs> just because I imagine those are the two names that you know, like because yeah. Buzz is putting better numbers and he's like baits with device and whatnot. But imagine those two guys just sitting there, like, uh, yeah, oh fuck, so what? What's going so on, guys? who were they actually? <laughs> they, actually? Were they supposed to replace? Like, how awkward is going lie. to be for Astralis to play their games now? You know, like to. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even. I didn't even think about it from their perspective. I didn't even think about it from their perspective. Not even once. Yeah, that's like a. That, that's a really good point. Because <laughs> like that's actually like two teams that are just like, oh shit. Because they have they played the Shanghai tournament, right? The Asia Championship, which is at start of November. They also have qualified for the fall finals, as has Heroic. But <laughs> if their lineup changes so drastically, you know, like what what. What happens there? I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's pretty crazy. It's so much awkward stuff that's been uh, that's been going on well, with both lineups in that sense. It's so funny because, like, I mean, let's even go back because I don't think we've done an episode. If we take this from like step number one, because I I don't think we did an episode since the Katie announcement that he was getting dropped or, or replaced we for replacement, um, because it happened during Sydney, if I remember correctly. Um, but even that was just like, what? Uh, like, are you guys crazy? Like that, that seemed like, even if you take that in no, isolation, we did, ta we we did talk about it. Today. That was pre-Sydney, I think. Did we? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It? But in okay. any case, well, you can just, you can say it yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, that that's such a crazy roster change to do that makes no sense in my mind. Like, I thought it would go bad. I didn't think it would go this bad this quickly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, you but that's the problem. It's because the star players turned on you. Like, if you just needed to replace yes. Tessis and Shush, that would be fine, right? Like, and leave Kadian in the core. But if Stone and Yabby are the problem, well, 
it's kind of hard to, to to replace the two of them and get like two really good players, you know, because yeah, it, it, it's just tough. And also for Katie, and I, I'm not surprised. I just say fuck all of you. I made you. You guys fucking suck without me. So you don't want me? Fine. I'm gonna go somewhere else. You know, I think he's a yeah. proven leader. The only issue is like how much you know he's opping, right? Can it like? But he, this this change is then great for him, right? The oppers aren't as important as they were uh, in CS:GO. So I think what else do we have? Yeah, the vitality situation. We didn't that happen after our last episode with Zonic oh. and Lars and everything. And then I will say briefly, it's like no, we covered it, that. We did. Yeah, 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 but go on. I think I was just going to say, it's funny, like, you know, with all of that, it's like, oh, yeah, the project and this and that. Bro, it's about the bag, and that's fine. It's fine. Go get the bag. It's a life-changing bag, but don't sit here and tell me if they paid you, like, a third of what they offered you, that you would still go there because it's a challenging project, right? Like, I get it all. There's no need to make it also sound, like, differently. It's fine. We're going there. The incentives were great. And we want to, on top of that, try to do something different. And it is a different challenge. And I agree all, with all of that and respect all of that. But you can't say that money wasn't the deciding factor. Like, you can't say that. That's just like... Well, bullshit. also, the optics of it when you go in and, and people are going, oh you, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? This is what it is. We talked about the move of Zonic and, and Lars over there. We didn't talk about, like, the new rostered uh, or rumored rosters that were going to come out of it. But that is, that is the ultimate, like, you know optics nightmare where it's like yeah i actually just really think this is a great challenge and then all the reports come out and it's like falcons is targeting nico modesty <laughs> actually anyone whose buyout is over seven hundred thousand dollars we will be targeting them <laughs> we want to break all the records for the buyouts yeah it's, it's just like that that alone because i mean i think i even read in the interview as well with zonic where he was like i'm gonna let the players who are currently there like you know i'm gonna give them a chance and give them their shot and, and see what happens and and maybe he meant that more in the sense that he would he would be looking to replace people over time rather than out of the gate but literally if you come in and out of the gate you're like hey nico modesty let's let's come over here uh you know like that that it just doesn't it doesn't work like those those kinds of like uh those PR sides of things just don't don't really lie. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like those changes might happen. You know, players might move. Like you know, Falcons have a big appetite, but that's not an easy thing to do to get a player like Nico. Right? Not only do you have to see how much you need to pay for him, is like, can you? Why would he leave a team like G two, right? For a team like uh, Falcons, who also doesn't have spots in tournaments next year. Right, like they don't have a, yeah. they're not a partner team for for next year at least. That still matters. So you might have to like miss Katowice, miss Cologne, um, miss Blast. Like you're very limited in tournaments you can play. And for a player like Nico, who is, you know, at the peak of his career really, and is just looking to amass trophies, that might not be as lucrative for him as people think. But that's the it's it's like a domino effect like if one piece falls a lot of them can fall after it like there's a scenario in which g2 might not change anything or like no one might leave the roster right and there's a scenario in which you might have to fucking replace three players you know we've also heard reports that vitality has their eye on hunter yeah, yeah. In that sense, right? Everyone's. I think. I think because because Falcons has they are because the Falcons have they are on Magus. You know, like Zonic wants to move him over. Like they have. I I think yeah. he has a lot of faith in him as a player and knows what he can bring to a team, right? Like we've he even heard them like eyeing a couple of Ants guys 
with Snappy to to lead the team, and then potentially if they like are, want Monesi and can't get him, getting some pious. Like these are some fucking wild, right? You know, changes. Then again, like aggressive, it, it might not happen. Like ants might not lose a single player; they might just stick together. You you don't know that. Like it, there's so many hurdles that you need to get through before you're able to do that. But that would be wild. Like a roster of Nico Magus, Snappy, Boros, and then Monesi or Sampaios, either whoever you get out of the two, I think. Yeah, there are a bit different players stylistically, but they're both like I mean, really the, fucking good. The reports, the reports I read, which I think are kind of cool, or not even reports, I guess just like kind of like the more trusted of the of the leakers or the i don't even know what to call them to be honest with you <laughs> leakers makes them sound bad i don't really have any judgment it's just the the people who's who seem to be accurate more often than not um i've seen them they've said like modesty and modesty wants to stick with nico like wherever he goes which i think is such like a really cool like a, i don't know that, that that seems like a really cool partnership that that would be cool to like watch develop um, those two guys enjoying playing with each other and probably honestly no no better example I think for for modesty than having someone like Nico like take him under his wing long term across across teams but it's hard to imagine a world in which G2 lets both of them go like they just like what do you do after that especially if, if Hunter's getting all the offers from teams like you have to have something to with which to rebuild around you get simple <laughs> uh, did you just see i saw this on reddit it was from three hours ago where like overdrive is talking on his stream or whatever and that like i saw that they might be looking navi might be looking to move on from simple which is like bro i don't really know what's what's going on with simple he just didn't like he, he didn't get to sydney and then i saw something about him talking on his stream that he might not attend the next event either it's like I guess, like, I, I said this, bro, I think it was a year ago that I said this. I think Simple needs to take, like, six months off. Yeah, he needs to take break. He needs to take a season off of... He needs a device. ...competing, right? And just sort of figure shit out for himself a little bit. You know, he doesn't have to... He can play CS individually a little bit just so he sort of, like, stays in shape. He doesn't even have to do that, but just, like, sort of figure out, hey, what it is that you want to do right like do you want to yeah. keep playing this game competitively and, i mean in the way it is or have it, you had enough are you tired of like all the fucking bullshit you just want to stream or fuck off or do whatever it is that you want to do but i think like with, with but pick it select it yeah exactly like with how it's been i think it's been unfair to the organ to the different teammates he's had over the the last couple of years right like it's amazing player the best player we've had in in CSGO, there's no doubt about that, but, you know, that only gives you so much credit, really, before you need yeah. to get your shit together. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, I actually, I think, uh, I mean, it's obviously going to make the team worse, but I almost feel like that'd be such a baller play from the organization to 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 do that, to, like, send that kind of a message. And I, I'm so happy I'm not the one who has to make that decision. <laughs> But like I think there's I think there's like some real validity in the sense that like he's maybe not as much of a net positive moving forward trying to sort of rebuild as as we'd give him credit for because he is the best player. Um 
So yeah, I, I would, I would, I'd be, I, I think I'd, I think I'd cheer that decision on if it actually happened. Um, just because like, if, you know, if someone's preventing your development, like at a certain point, no matter how good somebody is, like if you're still having, like, imagine how bad you have to be to be the best player in the world and still give the feeling like you're having a net impact on the team. If that's, if that's the reasoning for it, which I assume it would be. That'd be yeah. crazy. I have a I have a good one for you right before you take off because you, right. uh, you we're coming yeah. up to your point where you got to check out. Um, this is another talking counter. Uh, well, actually, it's not really a talking <laughs> counter exclusive, but it's it's kind of uh, just five minutes ago. Uh, Josh Nissan won steel on the ten year mark in January twenty twenty five. I will be allowed to participate at Valve partnered events against all odds. I've never given up. I'm ready to be defined by something new and more positive. Is that so? He's saying is he trolling in January or is he real? Next year. No, no, no. He's 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 real. I spoke to him uh, a few days back, and he mentioned that that he was having. He messaged me when he started having these conversations with Valve to try and go for it. Um, so he's he's dead serious. This is this is for real. That's awesome, man. I'm 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 happy for him. He's gone through a lot of shit, or those players did. Like they did a bad thing. There's no mistake about it. But no I feel like the 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 punishment was super severe and props to him for still sticking i mean obviously he was like in valorant for a bit and and that sort of a thing like uh you know just trying to go pro where where he's allowed to compete in the biggest tournament so props to him for persevering and just yeah as he said against all odds i've never given up so uh and, obviously you know, something that with- na needs a lot is someone a, a veteran and experienced team yeah. leader he can he can actually be immediately useful to again like pretty much it feels like anyone outside of liquid or complexity um and for teams in north america that realistically don't have a chance of making the major within the next year your m80s i mean they they might have an outside puncher's chance but like why not pick him up and use him for this you know this year to get better and then 2025 hits and set your goal of saying we have one year we have 14 months at this point you know, like let's let's get the ball rolling and let's start heading in that direction for 14 months from now to be ready to go. Um, that would be that would be really cool. Uh, but also, it had to have been just been. I, I would imagine his persistence with it is probably one of the things that made Valve feel comfortable that he's sincere about wanting to come back because he wants to compete. And that's been my like never ending opinion of Josh since I've known him, uh, which I think I met him in like 2016, um, was he made that bad decision. But the most painful part for him is he's not able to actually compete at these events. And i just happy he's unbanned, to be honest with you. That's sweet. We should make a Counter-Strike holiday. It should be a yearly Counter-Strike holiday. Yeah. Um, Josh Nissan day. For the release of Josh Nissan. Back into the wild. All right, I All guess. Right. Uh, I think that's anything else big that that comes to comes to your brain? Nothing that I want to discuss, your, Jason. Me, <laughs> is there any uh safer work stories you can tell uh from Sydney? I missed that event. I, any shenanigans go down? Any any Nothing to I mean, out? it was way better because this time we were central, right? Like before we were in Olympic in Park, city. so we yeah. were in the city, so we got, you know, just the usual couple of KBBQ nights, some karaoke in there. Um, oh, a few times I went back to the Baxter's, uh, the Baxter Inn, of course, had to check that out. Um, yeah, that's a classic. Some of the usual stuff. Yeah. For the listeners from last episode, my girlfriend actually did make it. Um, well, I arrived nice. on Tuesday and then Tuesday evening, she sent me a message. Hey, I got the visa. So I just booked her a flight, um, straight away. 
she came in, everything worked out in the end. So that was awesome. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be nice to just wind down a little bit and and chill. Yeah, enjoy yourself. You deserve it. All right. All right. Well, cheers, bro. GG's, everybody.